bring in the word tonight is the one and only Josh Snodgrass. Mm. Former trucker has preached from coast to coast as a radio preacher on his CB. He has a wonderful family. Crystal is his wife, and two great young men are his sons, Orion and Isaiah. Josh is a faithful brother who serves in the area of media here and children's ministries. And our children are greatly blessed to have this man as our parent. Personally, I really love you, Josh, and am looking forward to tonight. So come bring us a word. Great, great, great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. First John chapter 5. Yes, sir. I do. Uh, I did print out um, some, just the verses that, well, the First John chapter 5, pretty much, 9 through 21, if if you, if you guys don't have your Bible, how you'll just have to read your Bible because I I haven't come up with a way to put the paper through the phone and faxes are going out. So, all right. So, um, first I, I you know I I I'm glad I I was about to write this on the top of the paper. I'm glad I remembered because I forgot to write it on the paper. But uh, I was going to write a message at the top of my paper that says "Pray first and everything. And uh, so let's go ahead and pray first. So, um, Father, I, I thank you that this this um, this kind of the final stretch of First John is 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 a uh, has just as much bang as the rest of the cha- uh, as the rest of the book, God, and that that you didn't waste any words, that you didn't waste any time um, with with your servant there. Um, and Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to to come and 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 have a discussion and possibly an argument, God, and I just thank you for, for everything that, that you've done here. Father, I thank you for the men in here, and I thank you that you'll give us all the just a, a open hearts to, to receive your word tonight, and, and that, that we'll receive from one another, in Jesus' name, amen. So, if you look at the top of the page, it says First John five sixteen through 18, but then I have verse 9 through 20. And one of the one of the mistakes I, I I don't want to call it a mistake, but one of the things I learned last year is um, it'd probably be a good idea to use context whenever you whenever you use uh, whenever you go through the the verses. But one the other reason why I have nine verse uh, starting in verse nine is because I believe that there is there's a ramp up that's needed that there's a um, that before we get to verses sixteen through eighteen that we need to start running because we can't really hit these verses on their own and really taking them out of context you know can either it can either do damage or cause confusion I believe and, and in my case it, it it did cause some confusion whenever I first started looking at it and I shared with some people that I was I was struggling with it even called it these are the hardest verses in the Bible um, but really and truly it, 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 it they were exposing verses and, and really helped me understand a little bit more about my myself and learned a little bit more about some areas that I need to improve in. Um, and, and that's actually going to be one of the points I make uh, later on. Um, in the prayer I said arguments, uh, and, I, and I, I meant to say argument. It wasn't a in a, in a derogatory fashion that we might have an, uh, a, a knockdown, drag-out argument, but that there's some arguments here that we need to address, some, some questions that we need to address. And... Uh, the, these these questions, and I'm going to read the verses here in just a minute. But these questions are: um, Does God hear our prayers? And then a follow-up question for that is: Does He answer them? And the next question is: Does He care about those who have fallen? And then the follow-up question for that is: Is restoration a part of 
the, uh, is the restoration of the fallen part of his plan. And so I think that we have to start in chapter or uh, verse 9 <clears throat> with this. So if, 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 if you guys would, would you guys read? Can we kind of go around the room just so we have participation? <laughs> and uh, kind of, JP, can you start off reading verse 9 and maybe each person read one verse and we'll stop when we get to uh, 18. If we accept the testimony of men, God's testimony is greater, because it is God's testimony that he has given about his Son. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony within him. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony of God, has given about his son. And this is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son of God hath not life. These things I have written unto you that believeth on the name of the Son of God, that he may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I'm lost here. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make requests for this. <laughs> All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin that does not bring death. <clears throat> Anybody? We know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin. The one who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> felt that it'd be better to hear you guys read it because I know what my voice sounds like. So, um, so again, uh, does God hear our prayers, and and does He answer them? Um, the first the first verse here, verse nine says, "If we accept the testimony of men, God's testimony is greater because it is God's testimony." And he uh, <clears throat> that he has given about his son. Um, and, and this is a setup for when we get to 16. But if if we take two situations, and this this verse can can mean other things, I believe. But let's take two situations here. Man's testimony: Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Christ. You need him to go to heaven. God's testimony: Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Christ. You need him to go to heaven. Both the same testimony. They're the same testimony. But it's the source of that testimony that actually matters. And the testimony, it, it, it's the, the, who the testimony actually belongs to really, really matters here. And this testimony belongs to God, as it says here. It, it is his testimony that he has given us. And one of the revelations that, that, that came from this, and it's, it's going to really tie in when we get to the, when we get to the uh, verse 16 through 18, is that if we start out believing this testimony, and it's a great testimony, it's an awesome testimony, it's salvation, it's life to us. If we believe this testimony only based on what a man has told us and not based on what God has told us, how easy is it for us to fall 
when the man who's given us that testimony falls or whenever he makes a mistake or when we put our trust in the word of a man over the word that God himself has placed inside of us, when we put our trust in, hey, you told me that Jesus is the Christ. Awesome, I'm going to love it. And now you're messing up. Well, maybe Jesus, maybe Jesus isn't the Christ. And so there's some, some questions here. So what are we receiving? What, how are we receiving this testimony that is God, the one that he gives us? And how should we continue to receive it? Uh, sorry. Um, one, of the, one of the things that, that, that I know about my own life with receiving testimonies, and again, we're going to get to the, the part, is that by believing what other men have said about God, and by putting my trust in what they have said about God and their doctrines, and even things that are the truth, when they failed or failed me or hurt me, I began to question those things, like prayer. I, I should be a really strong prayer warrior. But there's areas that I've been, you know, hurt because of the way I believe that you should pray. But if I had received God's testimony or God's, you know, example on how to pray and received his word that way, maybe things would be different. So that, just laying that out as an, as, as an example for the ramp up. In verse 10, it says the one who believes in the Son of God has this testimony within him. It's inside of us. It's already here. We don't have to go out looking for it. It's not something that we uh, uh, considered and, huh, yeah, God is... Yeah, Jesus is the Lord. That's pretty cool. This is something that he actually placed inside of us. And we have proof that he placed it inside of us in Matthew 16, where Jesus said to, to, Simon, well, to, the, to all of the, to the men gathered with him, who do you say that I am? And Simon said that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, saying, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. So this, again, this is going off of that testimony, and, and Hal really preached it well last week, but the going off this, this testimony that we see in, in the previous verses in 6 through 9, where, where it talks about the three that bear witness, and the, uh, I'd never heard of this before, but the, the Hebrew high witness uh, that, that, that Hal talked about last week. And so we have this witness that's been placed inside of us. We have this, this witness that, that not that doesn't come from fallible man, but an infallible God, a God that is the one that performed this action. He's the one that gave himself to us. So we have his witness as a testimony. And, and God, verse 11 says, God has given us eternal life, and that life is Jesus. I don't think that we have to really argue about that. If you have Jesus, you have life. And 12 really goes into it as well, that the one who has the Son has life. The one who doesn't have the Son of God does not have life. And I wanted to ask the question here, is it really that cut and dried? And I believe it is. It's, 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 a black and white, it's a black and white thing. It's a binary thing. It's either on or off. You either have Jesus or you don't. You don't kind of have Jesus. And I think that's important. I think I mean, this is an encouragement. This is an encouraging thing. This isn't, a, this isn't a, well, you might want to check to see if you actually have him. This is an encouraging thing because God gave us Jesus. We didn't seek it. We didn't go and attain it. We didn't earn it. He gave it to us. So if we have that testimony and we know that we are of Christ, we know that we are, uh, or you know, that we have that life, then we can walk in in the security of that that knowledge, which leads us into things about prayer. So why am I recapping those verses? Because we need to know that we have eternal life. And not that we can have it, but we do have it. And it's what we can do with that knowledge and the understanding that we have based on the knowledge that we have that life within us 
is where it's, it, it's so important to understand. Knowing that God is up there and that he can forgive sins isn't what causes me to believe that I'm forgiven. It's knowing that he said it to me and he told me and he forgave me and has washed me clean is what makes me know that I'm forgiven, not because I read it somewhere someone told me. It's because I've experienced it. It's because he put it inside of me. And if you guys have a comment, you guys can jump in. <laughs> Um, So verse 14 uh, goes in, uh, now this is the confidence we have before him, where uh, whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that's the answer to the first question. God, does God hear our prayers? Yes. And I'm believing this because of what we've read so far, that this is the testimony. If he's in us, he can hear us, you know. We're all in this room, and I'm sure unless you have hearing issues, you can hear me because we're in this room. So I believe that, you know, not, not that he has to be inside of us, but it's kind of if you want to just make it kid simple, he's here so he can hear me. He's right here and he's in me. So it's not I have to go seek him out to talk to him and pray. He's here. He's already with me. He's dwelling with me. And so he can hear me. So the question is, does, does he answer them? And, and verse 15 says, and if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that, that we have what we have asked him for. So, yeah, I believe that he does answer our, uh, our prayers. And this is kind of where my, my first uh, discussion point really comes in before we jump into the, to the, the big stuff. Um, and this is me really revealing myself and kind of laying myself out there. But this is actually an area that I struggle in. And I think that, you know, there, maybe you guys don't. And if, if you guys don't, then I will lean on every single one of you. But one of the areas that I struggle in the most is actually believing here inside my heart. And believing without a doubt that God does answer my prayers, that God hears me. I know with my mind, I know because I believe the word says it, but there's a difference between what I believe here and what I believe in my heart. And truly trust is is the case. And one of the things I do struggle with is the idea that, or it's not that he doesn't hear, but why doesn't he always answer the ones that I, you know, that's got to be your will, God. That person's in a wheelchair. They need to get out of it, you know, or this person's sick. This person's dying. God, your your glory is going to be so much greater if you'll hear them. Or, God, I'm really messed up, and I'm, my discipline is terrible. I need I need I need you to supercharge me right now, and not feeling that answered right away. So I've struggled with that, and uh, but I don't want this to be an opportunity to complain about God. I don't want to complain that that God's not doing something here, and that and I don't even want to complain that it's my my lack or anything else that, that, that causes God to not answer my prayer. But it is an area that I struggle. But it goes back to this question, and, and, and I'd like to kind of hear y'all's thoughts. Does God answer prayers, and does he answer them? According <coughs> to the scripture, we see that it says yes. But where, where are y'all's hearts on this? Where I wanted to start at. Mine's with yours. I feel like he doesn't answer with my heart. I know he does with my mind. But I just don't feel it. Okay. God answers prayer for the answers is in His time, not our time. We pray and we want something, uh, or maybe we really need it. But there's a difference between want and need. And, and if God is Really, <clears throat> boil down to each prayer on each. I believe every prayer 
I pray and need to pray and we will it's his will. So if he doesn't answer prayers it's because it's the purpose it was his his will not to answer it for a, a reason. God has a reason for for everyone to be where they're at at the moment right now. But I, I, I do believe that unanswered prayers are always good good on that for a good reason. But it's always thy will to be done. Like our father prayers, you know, our father Lord in heaven, you know, thy will be done and on earth that is in, in heaven. So that's what I believe. Yes, sir. Well, I believe, you know, I believe God definitely answers prayers when you ask Him because, you know, as, as far as a lot of people know that I was being electrocuted, and I I wouldn't live through that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't for God, and I asked Him, you know, to remove me, to stop the electricity mm-hmm. from because I couldn't let go of the thing. And I did say, uh, God, please get me off of this. If it be your will, and it, he stopped me, <coughs> and, and I, I feel like he's been with me ever since. You know, I mean, that was a miracle, <laughs> and I've had many miracles, I believe, since then. You know, and I think uh, not only my prayers, but the church's prayers has helped me ever all the way through that since then. And I'm really grateful for all the prayers I've got. I think it's pretty simple. Sometimes they have God answers prayers with no, and <laughs> we don't want to hear it. Right. I yeah. Get in pretty bad trouble. Right. I think sometimes you struggle yeah. with prayers too because a lot of times we are praying with wrong motives, and we don't even know we have wrong motives. Amen. Well, so the Bible, you know, the Bible says that. Um, you know, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. So we may ask for one thing, think we're going to get this, and all of a sudden we get tribulation along to teach us the same thing, but it's because God knows we need it that way. So we have to really look at the motive of our heart, too, when we make prayers. So one thing that I heard over and over and over and over, you know, other than I believe, because that's, that's uh, you know, it's kind of making it personal, is we did, we did, we mentioned his will, you know, and, and I think that, that his will is important, and, and, and even knowing what his will is, we, we have actually some some very striking statements throughout the Bible that, that are encouragement to us, I think, but, uh, but that say what his will is. It's his will that none should perish. It's his will that all should be saved. I'm going to pray in those directions. You know, I definitely think that if we pray in those directions, we're going to we're definitely going to see some prayer. Maybe I should stop being selfish and praying for myself. And maybe I need to be selfish sometimes. Who knows what? It, it really depends on God's will. But I know that in the context here, that we that if if we know what God's will is, and we pray in those areas, we're going to hear. We're going to see answers. May not be the answer yes like we want it, but I, I believe we're going to see results. We're going to see answers. We're going to see what he says. And, you know, I say that I struggle in this area. Um, I struggle a lot in my prayer life that he's going to come that he, whenever, when I pray, that he's going to answer. But it's weird. I don't struggle when other people pray for me. And when other people pray for me, and I know, especially when they say something to me that I haven't told anybody, <laughs> and they're praying over that, it's, it's probably God's will. You know, they're 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 probably hearing something. And I have some 
you know, I have some testimonies here, and I, and, and I want to start, I, I want to read verse 16 real quick before I kind of give the, the two testimonies I have from my own life, where I know for a fact in, in answering the question, does God hear our prayers and does he answer them, and then moving into, does he care about those who have fallen? And let's not just talk about fallen as the people we think are backsliders or the people that, that have, have committed some kind of sin that's led to apostasy or they've been kicked out of a church. Fallen as in, uh, I looked at something I shouldn't have, or fallen in as in I yelled at my wife or cussed at my wife or something of that nature. Fallen in that aspect, we're still, you know, we're sinners and, and everything. I think the restoration is needed no matter what we've done. If we've lied, if we've done, if we've committed murder, if we've done any of those things, we're fallen to a degree because we've fallen outside of the will of God. We've fallen outside of that, 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 that standard that he wants us to live in. So verse 16 says, and, and get ready, guys, this is the fun stuff. Um, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin that does not bring death, go and slap him upside the head and tell him that he needs to stop sinning. No. <laughs> he should ask the guy why he is sinning. No, I don't see that there. But it says that he should ask and God will give life to him. To those who commit sin that does not bring death. We'll, we'll, bring, we'll kind of get into that here in a little bit. There is sin that brings death, and I'm not saying he should pray about that. So what about this, this sin that doesn't bring death and asking God and God giving life? Um, first of all, I'm going to ask every, I'm going to tell every one of you guys, if you see me messing up, if you see me in a jacked up situation, please ask of God, because I want life. Okay, so please, <laughs> and if you will give me permission, I will do the same. And more than likely, because I am kind of bold, but I'm shy, I probably won't come up to you about it, but I'll pray, and whenever you say you were delivered, I'll say, yes, I prayed about that. You know? But I'm going to give you guys two testimonies. And some of you guys may, may be aware of one of these, some of you guys may not. But I'm, uh, the first testimony is actually um, a situation where someone prayed for me, actually a few people prayed, were praying for me, and God led them to actually come to me and say something to me about it. I actually had a, uh, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I haven't had the greatest upbringing. I've, I'm, I've, I've struggled with a lot of things in my life and everything. And so having a good father example has not been one of the things I've had and, and, and everything. So being a good father has taken some work. <laughs> and um, um, I think I was heading down a bad, not, not a, I'm going to kill my kids path or they're going to end up in jail path, but I was heading down a path of, of, um, possibly hurting them for their for the rest of their lives, or impacting their lives in a way that would have led to discouragement for the rest of their lives. Um, and there were there were things going on in my life. Hey, I'm following God right now. I don't care if my kids are following me or not, or my wife's following me. I'm following God. I'm going this place. I want to go here. I want to go there. And the 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 men had prayed about it. Obviously, they prayed about it before they came to me. Obviously. Um, but they prayed about it, and I believe God led them to say something to me. And when they said, whenever they came to me and talked to me about kind of the, the, the way I was doing things and, and, and leading things, I received it. Because to me, I wanted to, I wanted to be right. I want to be right with God. I want my kids to be right with God. And I consider it evangelistic to lead my sons to Christ. So I listened. I heard the testimony. I heard what they obviously had to have asked God and prayed with God about and either I didn't listen whenever God told me what they were praying about, 
or, or God said this is a situation where you need to come to him. Okay? So that's the first one. I love that one. Those are the easy ones because those, you know, some people might kind of dismiss them and say, well, that's not, that's, that's not God. Someone just observed something. Well, here's the next one. This one's kind of embarrassing, but it's, it's important. And I think there's probably more than one of you guys out there that, that struggle with this too. I, um, for the longest time when I was driving a truck, I, I did not like any kind of jokes or, or language that um, had sexual innuendos or just, I, I didn't like it. It, it, it. it offended me. I didn't like hearing that kind of stuff. You know, driving a truck, you hear it all the time. You know, this is all, that's all you hear. And I was really strong. I, wasn't, I never had a problem with it. I, I was able to resist it. I didn't tell the jokes. I, I turned off the radio when I heard it. But for some reason, I get into an office where things are supposed to be a little more civilized than in a truck. <laughs> and they're not. Right? It's worse there. Um, um, and what, you know, you find yourself walking down a path, and I don't think it happens all, you know, one day you're like all holy, and then all of a sudden you're telling these dirty jokes. But I found, I found myself telling jokes and saying things, and, and even around my kids and my wife, and, you know, and I want to say, because I, I actually want to bring this up later, but, but flirting with the line. You know, either I'm not really telling a dirty joke, but I'm alluding to a dirty joke. I was telling dirty jokes. Um, even my language, my language, I started saying words that I said that I refused to say. I, I, and, and even my sons asked me about it. Why are you saying that? You, you've never said this. And so, you know, there was parts of me saying, well, I'm free now. I can, I'm, you know, there, there's, there's freedom. I, you know, these are just words. I can, I can do this, and it's not that bad. It's, it's really not a, a big deal. Well, one day, I, um, it, and this wasn't a gradual change uh, for, the, for the change back. One day I got out of the shower, and I'm, I'm not kidding. I stepped over, and I, heard, and I heard basically loud and clear in my head, you need to stop with the dirty jokes. You need to stop now. And that's all I heard. I was like, and this is one of those situations where you know for a fact it's God. So you can't say, well, maybe that was God. No. That you know. You know. <laughs> so I went to lunch with a, a brother that, uh, that, that at work, and I told him. And this is just a conversation we, we have often. We, we kind of confess our, our sins to each other. And, and I told him what it was about. And he said, dude, I've been praying for this for a while. He said, and I, I've, I've asked God, should I go confront him about it? Should I say something to him about it? He said, I've, I've heard you over the wall, and I've heard you say stuff. And I say, he says, it's not like you were saying it blatantly out, but you were saying stuff that there's no doubt people knew what you were saying. And, he sa- and basically he said, I've been praying for this. And immediately I was like, that's awesome. God heard you talking about me and did something about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, and and before before I even talked to him, it was probably a week before I talked to him about this, but it was an immediate change. I I felt it, and I believe because God commanded me to do it, that He gave me the power to overcome it as well. Um, I don't I I don't, and this isn't this sermon or this teaching or this this topic, but I do believe that that god's going to give us the abilities to do what we need to do mm-hmm. and i think in this situation that i'd gotten myself into a hole and coming out of it if i'd done it by my own will i don't think i would have because i would have been embarrassed because there are people around me that kind of like the joking but the testimony has come back and i've heard other people say you don't talk much anymore <laughs> that's 
good. <laughs> or you haven't said, you don't tell those things anymore. And the people around me aren't telling them as much anymore. Woohoo! <laughs> you know, so it's not just me, but other people are impacted by that. So life is plants are life, right? So vines are life. So whenever God gave me life, man, life's just springing up all around me. And that's a good thing. And I I really believe that my 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 faith and my desire for God is strengthened and and, and things of that nature. Because somebody prayed, somebody reached out to God, asked God, and God gave me life. So there's a, a another good kind of um, uh, stopping point before we get to the uh, to the kind of rougher stuff of that verse. Um, what do you guys think about? What do you guys think about that? Praying for your brother and and asking for life. So, do you think do you think if we go back a couple ver- well several verses that this actually is what John was talking about in chapter four? It says if anyone says I love God but hates his brother, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother, he he has not or his who has. For the person who does not love his brother he has seen cannot love the God he has not seen. And we have this commandment from him, the one who loves God must love his brother. I'm not saying that if you don't pray you don't love your brother, but I think it's one of the actions that we should, um, you know, engage in is praying for our brothers. And and I think that the idea here, and, and I will tell you another area that I struggle with and I am a, I am a fierce warrior against now is gossip. And I think that this verse right here really kind of avoids the whole gossip sec, uh, subject. Yes, sir. Question. If you love your brother who you have seen mm-hmm. and you don't pray for him, do you love him? That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's the question I'm asking. I, I agree. How I agree. Can you not pray for someone that you love? Right. Can you not hate someone also not love him? <laughs> I can well, love someone you, with a... You can't hate what they're doing. You can still love them. You can just hate what they're doing at the time. Yeah. So it, it's a mixed conflict of what you have to do. You still have to pray for what they're doing for them to get rid of it. You know, I watched the... But you don't have to confront them about it. You can just get... Say, hey, God, you take care of it, or should I do it myself? Hmm. I watched the video of the Iranian pilot who was burned to death. And there was cold anger that came up at the people who perpetrated that vicious thing. And it, uh, and I watched the whole thing, all 23 minutes of it, including the three and a half minutes that it took him to burn to death. <clears throat> and it, uh, it was in backwards. Please. When I was a child, my sister burned it death at home in front of the family. Now, she lived for a few weeks after that, but she died from the third-degree burns. <clears throat> and it's, uh, and I, I, I was conflicted to how can I possibly love these people that on purpose did this to this person and <clears throat> to pray for them. For them to have 
the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it, it, I struggled with that for several days because I didn't, I didn't want to, to love him. I didn't want to feel compassion towards the perpetrators. I, I you know, basically I wanted to go over and just lob some heads off personally. <clears throat> and, but that's not what God calls us to do. But it, it, I mean, we can see things that are not nearly as atrocious as that here in Granbury. Mm-hmm. That causes <clears throat> the same reaction with people within ourselves. And and yet, at the same time, we are called to love our but brothers. If you would have went over there lopping their heads off of them, it wouldn't have made you no better. Yeah. I do not disagree. Yeah. So... Ultimately, the sins that I the sins that I was dealing with were not sins unto death. Um, they, you know, these are sins that someone prayed and I received life. And I believe that God gave me, like I said before, God gave me the life, or gave me the ability and the strength to overcome those areas. Um, I say it's embarrassing. It's funny how I say things are embarrassing, but I'm willing to talk about it and everything. So, if you guys ever have those areas, I, I encourage you. Talk to somebody, you know, because because sometimes the 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 life life can come from it. So I'll just I'll leave it there. Um, so this verse this <laughs> verse sixteen um really really kind of um, stuck with me for 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 the last several months. Actually, as soon as I got I got this assignment, I I started dreading the idea that I was going to have to go over this. And I talked about this being the hardest verse in the Bible and stuff like that. But really and truly, um, I think that we don't have to really struggle too much about these these, these pieces of, of this verse, and specifically to those who commit sin that doesn't bring death. There is sin that does bring death. And I'm not saying you should pray for that. First of all, we have to talk about, you know, we, what 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 is a sin that leads to death? What is a sin that 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 is deserving of death? And whenever I say death, I really believe the context here is not your earthly body dying. I think this we're talking about the life in the context. If we look at the context here, the life we're talking about is spiritual life versus spiritual death. And so. I I I I know, and I'm I'm going to kind of go over these just a little bit, but um, I know that. There's one sin that, that, without a doubt, is deserving of eternal death, and that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is, in my understanding, my belief system, and if you guys have a different one, let me know, but it's the rejection of the testimony that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the only way to salvation, which is the Holy Spirit's job is to tell us constantly, Jesus is the way. You need Jesus. You need to be saved. Hey, you're about to go to hell. Call on Jesus. You don't have to go. It's a constant testimony of that. And our blasphemy of him is saying, I don't believe it. You're a liar. I don't believe you. In fact, Jesus said that um, in, in Mark 3, I assure you, people will be forgiven of all sins and whatever blasphemies they may blaspheme. If and blah, 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 God, all that God, all those different things. It's not good. But he says it's forgiven. I don't think we should say it, but it's, he says it's forgiven. But what, he, what he says is that but whoever blasphemes, blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin. 
So if never has forgiveness, then that means you weren't you weren't saved. And I have other verses, and, and it probably would, would take up too much time here. But if these people aren't saved, if these people are walking in complete and utter darkness, walking saying, I don't want to have anything to do with God, of course we can pray for them. This, I don't believe that this verse, and again, open for discussion, I don't believe this verse is saying, don't pray for them. I'm not saying you should pray about that. And it's not saying don't pray for them. What I what I read last night, and this this is actually I've, I've been I was telling Pastor Allen earlier, kind of and I'll use the word agonizing, kind of been thinking about this and and trying to squeeze this out and get an idea of how to explain this, and it and it actually exposed something inside of me. But this verse about saying I should not pray about that. Why shouldn't I pray? I'm giving life. I'm praying for life and everything. Why shouldn't I pray that? What it did expose in me is is my lack of intercessory prayer, my lack of being willing to actually suffer through prayer and to agonize in prayer over someone that I love, over someone that, that needs that prayer. Um, and, you know, sometimes our prayer is fruitless because we can't change the will of a man. If Pastor Allen does not want to believe in God... I can pray for him all I want, but if he chooses not to believe, he's not going to believe. Sorry, I'm picking you because I know you. <laughs> but God can't even go through free will against himself. He said that on himself. He said, "I will not go against free will." That so their own choice. So what we have, we have this 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 process that it's not that you shouldn't pray, but maybe the agonizing in prayer needs to be done somewhere else. Because this is an area that's left, it's between them and God. And I think that we go into judgment. I'm not saying I have the answer on this one. And I thought I had to have the answer. But this is what I, this is what I basically uh, came up with. Those that are agonizing in prayer, um, uh, th- there are people that are, you know, if you've never heard of Richard Dawkins or some of these um, evangelistic atheists that hate God. They hate him so much they want other people to hate God. I think that it is a good thing to pray for these men, but to spend that amount of time agonizing over their salvation when it's really between them and God. So I'll leave that out there. I believe God will hear our prayer. I believe that when we pray for Richard Dawkins, which I have, when we pray for him, God hears our prayer. And I believe that he's trying, or not trying because God doesn't try, but I believe that God is moving in areas around him that are actually, like we go back to verse 9, are going to be a testimony to Richard Dawkins, to other people, that Jesus is the Christ. The, verse, the Bible says that all, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. That's not going to be because you're forced on your knee and everything, because you're going to have that testimony at the time, because God's going to put it in you too. So are they going to heaven or hell? Not my job. <laughs> it's not my job to say, but I know... I know one thing, let's, let's just say this, instead of me going over and over about what is sin and the death or not, what this exposed to me is that I need to become a better prayer warrior. I need to begin to agonize in prayer. I don't think, I don't think I've ever agonized in prayer for anybody. And that's something that really, it, it, it exposed some, some areas in, in, in my life. So, let's, for any, any questions or topics, because I have... Two more points that I want to make, and then any questions about that or comments about the. 
But he doesn't say not to pray for them. Right. He's just saying, I'm not telling you to pray for them. Yeah. Not saying you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Spirit lead you, I guess. Right, right, right. <laughs> and and so let's go back and, and look at this verse again. We see all throughout this book, First um, John, John is really making very, very <clears throat> emphatic statements. And, and I, I like reading code. I'm not the best writing code, but I love reading it. And I love tweaking it and stuff like that. And one of the... One of the things in code, and pretty much all of you guys have probably heard just the phrase, if, then. You know, if this, then this. A lot of times in code you have if this, then this, else, this. So if this, if this doesn't, or if this statement is true, then this statement, if one of those is false, then do this. Well, what we see in, in, in 1 John, and I think in other books that John has written, he makes these statements. If you love your brother, or if you hate your brother, you don't love God. Verse 17 says, all righteousness is, all unrighteousness is sin, and, um, and there is sin that does not bring death. Verse 18 says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not sin, but the one who is born of God keeps him, and the evil one does not touch him. So, if this verse says that, so we can take this verse in, in some rough ways. Um, and I can tell you that there are a lot of people... Uh, religions that have used this verse, I believe. There are people that have used this verse against their own families, against themselves, have beat themselves up, where it says, we know that everyone has been born of God does not sin. Um, if we take that at face value, the way we're reading that out loud, and the way people have used it to abuse the body of Christ, then I don't believe that we should read, that we should believe the rest of the Bible. Because this doesn't fit into the salvation story. This doesn't fit into the gospel. This doesn't fit into verse, um, verse 11 that is the gospel, basically. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is his son. That is, that is it. We can't sin anymore. We don't sin anymore because the one who's in us has forgiven us. We might fall. We might make mistakes. But there's also an example here that has to be set, that as a believer, as one who walks with God, we now don't like sin, and we don't want to willingly sin. We're not going to go after those sins. Now, do we sometimes? Yes, I think we do. I think we flirt with sin. I think that we actually will build traps of our own and fall into sin. But I believe that the majority of believers that truly are walking with God don't say, you know what, I'm going to find a prostitute. I don't, it, I don't believe that's in our hearts to do that from, from that perspective. So when we read this, or when you guys read it, please read this in the context of what, what, what John has been saying throughout this whole book about, about love, about life, about what, what God loves us and how God loves us unconditionally. And then he's put life within us. Why would he put life in, into a vessel that is going to lose that life with every single breath he takes? Unless he's made a way for that vessel to maintain that life for eternity. That's, that's kind of my, 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 my parting, question, or parting question there. But I want to give one more example. And actually, I, I was reading over this last night and, 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 and looking at an example of uh, brothers that that ha- that are walking in sin and need to be dealt with, and I looked at First Corinthians, and I was what I was looking at is this story that I and, and I even have some questions about it now. But in First in Corinthians five, t- 
talks about a guy, and I'm not going to really go into the details. You guys can read it. First Corinthians 5, 1 through 5, or 1 through 7. talks about um, a guy that found himself in sexual immorality, and basically it was known all over the Christian world. This guy was doing things that were just not right. And the brothers in Corinth were not dealing with this guy. And obviously, Paul obviously had to have been praying for him because he had to probably pray before he wrote the letter. And some of the brothers there should have been praying for him. Whether they did or not, we don't know. But there are times whenever the brother (coughs) has to be dealt with, especially inside the church, and there has to be some kind of separation. And and, and this, trust me, this isn't the end of what I'm going at. But but it says that, that they'll turn him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. So that tells us there's hope. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of anecdotally talk about Second Corinthians because I did read some some differences in interpretation on this. But there are there are reports that in Second Corinthians, I think chapter two, that Paul was asking the brothers in Corinth to bring the brother back into the fold so that he doesn't suffer anguish unnecessary anguish. There's some other interpretations that. I want to hang on that, even though it's not. It, it may not be the exact interpretation, because I believe that there are situations in in our world and in the, the environment that we're in that those kinds of things happen. That when we do shun a brother, or we have to kind of bring correction or, or something with a brother. That there's still life that needs to be prayed into that brother, and that you know we need to continue praying for him as a flock and receive that person um, when when they do fall. I believe that the answer to the to the last que- or the, the last questions that I asked, fall, does he care about those who have fallen? I believe the answer is yes. But I believe even more the the the, the follow up question is restoration of the fallen part of his plan, and I believe emphatically the answer to that question is yes. And I believe that it, it's not only part of his plan, but it was part of the plan the whole time that we are fallen. We need Jesus. We don't stop needing Jesus just because we received the testimony. We still need him. We need to be washed in the water of the word. We need our feet washed. We need to continue coming to him because we're needy, because we're fallen, because we're messed up. And if we ever come to a place where we stop needing Jesus, pray for that brother because he needs life. So that's really all I have.